today. We've been having a month of miracles. Have you? Have you seen a little bit of something differently than you did before we began? If so, even one thing, even one time, then well done, my good and faithful servant, as Jesus said. Not that you're serving me, right? Serving God. So one of the interesting things that I find about this is that the holiest of places is not the places that have always been holy. The holiest of places is where a hatred has become a love. In other words, the holiest of places is where something was broken and is now healed. Where something was apart and is now together. The holiest of places are the places where, as Rumi says, we allow <clears throat> our wounds to be open so that the light can shine in, and that is the only hope of our healing. Things must be brought into the light in order to heal. So a big um, mural recently that said, um, we can face, an if anything we face can be changed. Nothing that we refuse to face can be changed. And if we could look upon the world that we live in today, these catastrophic events, they are forcing into the light, not new things that weren't there before, but things that we were comfortable in pretending weren't there or weren't as bad as we thought. And so this world, what's happening in the world now, is to serve you and me. Why? To make us miserable? No, so that we can begin to heal those broken places and make it the holiest of places. That's my job. That's your job. That's our job. Not to face a world that's perfect and we never get prodded or poked or have an obstacle in our way or get told no. Our purpose is to heal the things in us that react when an obstacle is in our way, <laughs> that react when we don't get our way, that react when someone tells us no, that react when we see hatred and pain. That's our job, y'all. I believe with all my heart that that's why we're here. I can't find any other thing that makes it make sense. Certainly not here to test us whether we can be good enough to go to a better place. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. I believe this world is here exactly as it needs to be, is supposed to be, for us to do the work that is ours to do. And make no mistake, you were born into this world at this time, for this moment. Otherwise, you would have been born into another time. Now, there's a part in me that goes, but I don't want to. And so that is mine to heal. That is mine to heal. And when I keep this foremost in my mind, that my job is to heal what's broken in me. I can't heal what's broken in anyone else. I can heal what's broken in me. And in that way, I am evolving us because we are one. 
And that is true of every one of us. Every loving thought you hold has an effect on the larger. Every hateful thought you hold has an effect on the larger. What we are lucky about is that love vibrates at a higher energy, if you will. Love is stronger than anything unlike itself. So a brief thought of hatred and a brief thought of love, the love wins every time. But if we go through our week, and we have a little bit of love on Sunday while we're singing the songs and hugging each other, then I don't know. Is that enough love to overbalance lots and lots and lots of moments of, you can call it hatred, you can call it judgment, you can call it prejudice, you can call it rage, you can call it anger, you can call it the thoughts that tell us that things are not as they should be. Because things are only not as they should be when they're not as they should be in me. It has nothing to do with what's out there. And so we are asked to see with new eyes. We are asked to think with an open mind, with a beginner's mind. We are asked to unlearn the things that people have taught us. Some of the most fundamental things in the world that we've been taught and that our society and our culture accept as true. But what if they weren't true? What if divine justice means that everybody gets it? And we all are loved. Not everybody gets theirs. And then we wait for everybody to get theirs in the world, and then we get mad when they don't get theirs. What if you got yours for every hateful thought you ever had? Scary to me. I don't know about you. And so the whole Course in Miracles is really about forgiveness. Forgiveness is what it takes to heal the world. That we forgive ourselves for seeing this illusion that we created. I know you go, it's very real. Yes, in our human, in our human life, it is very real. And I don't, you know, I'm not very woo-woo. I'm very feet on the ground. What works for me today? So saying this isn't real, isn't that helpful? Other than to say, what helps for me most is to say, this is the world of effect. This is what we're doing with all of our thinking and all of our talking and all of our speaking and all of our building walls around ourselves and between us and other people. That's what's reflected in the world. And you can knock down wall after wall after wall, and it's like that old game whack-a-mole. Another one just pops up. You can't walk, knock down walls from the outside. You gotta come in here and take away your own walls, and they'd be astonished. There's a quote from um, the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus says, when you see, when you first see, you won't see. When you do see, you will be disturbed. Having been disturbed, you will be astonished. It's in our disturbation that we can find the magical miracle of our astonishment. Like, oh! And not just the, oh, what a lovely idea. I'm going to go on with my life. But the, oh, 
what can I change in me now? What can I do at this very moment to start healing that place? To start healing that place. I gotta tell you a story time. This past week, I was um, teaching at a songwriting camp in New York. It's an extraordinary um, songwriting. There are many, many songwriting camps all over America and the world. This one is extraordinary to me because everyone from the person who created it to the board of directors to every teacher, and if a teacher isn't this, they don't come back ever, um, is dedicated to making this a safe place for every person who is there to be exactly who they are, where they are, with love, with love. So the person who can't carry a tune is treated and applauded exactly the same as the person who's run, won songwriting awards. They are not treated any differently. I mean, throughout the week, they're not treated any differently. And people kept saying, you know, and, and we do this thing before everybody goes home from camp that we call um, disorientation. <laughs> So we do an orientation at first to kind of get everybody, this is the way, this is the vision we set, this is how we're doing things. And then the disorientation is, now you're going to go back into the real world. So you might not run up and hug the first cashier that you see. It might not be interpreted correctly. <laughs> you might not rush home to your spouse and say, isn't it all beautiful? When your spouse has been the one holding down the fort while the bathroom sink flooded and the dog had to go to the vet and, right? It doesn't mean this world is not real, but it means, here's what I got from this. I heard 50 different people this week say, there is no other place in my life. I have to be here every year because there is no other place in my life where I'm this safe that I can just be me, let my emotions free, let healing happen, and, be, and know that I'm safe. And I wept because I said, I have a place like that. And I get to go there every week, several times a week. So take a moment for some gratitude for what we've created here. Yeah. Applaud yourselves because I can't create safety. You can. You can. So forgiveness. Of course, in Miracles says the fact that the world appears that it's apart from God is the proof that we need to forgive. If we'd forgiven everything, it wouldn't seem that way. We wouldn't see that. And biblically, when Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, let us Forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. Or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What we're saying is we need forgiveness. And the only way to do this is to give, is to forgive others as we forgive our debtors. Not before we forgive our debtors so we can feel really good and then go out and maybe, maybe spread it around. No, as we one of the meanings of as can be like the same, and it also means at the same time, right? As we forgive our debtors and to forgive ourselves because we cannot truly forgive in other people the brokenness that we see 
unless we heal it in ourselves. And then when we see it, we don't see it as brokenness or evil or rage or wrongness. We see it as a call for love. And we're willing to step in and answer that call. And guess what? It works for the forgiveness within yourself. When you see something you don't like in here, you may want to weep. Okay, weep. It's okay. But then you forgive it because you recognize it is a call for love. And your higher self can give your lower self that love if you choose. If you choose. Society will tell you, no, you, you know, don't let yourself off the hook. No, letting yourself off the hook is the only way to let other people off the hook. And only when we're all off the hook will the planet be healed. So start with you. Let yourself off the hook. Because, as it says, we are holy. Everything we transform, every moment we transform, every thought we transform, every relationship we transform, every um, just passing acquaintance that we transform in some way, every momentary connection that we transform brings holiness to the world. Yeah? It brings holiness to the world. So it's global and it's personal, interpersonal between us and other people. A lot of times there's a lot of forgiveness that has to happen. And then intrapersonal, we have to forgive ourselves. We can do it all at the same time because one true forgiveness is full forgiveness. I believe that. And let me ask you this, if you're skeptical. What if life were perfect? Would it really be perfect if life were perfect? Plenty of money, raised with unconditional love. You're the valedictorian. You don't just have a job. You have a passion that you get paid for. There are no obstacles in your way. No addictions. Nobody's ever called you ugly. Nobody's ever not liked you. You've never felt nerdy or didn't fit in or fat or needing for discernment. If everybody, if, if all you got was perfection, what would be the point? Would there be a point? Aren't our triumphs over obstacles the places that bring us the most joy? I mean, I don't know. If my first husband had been perfect, I wouldn't have had this guy. And I love his imperfections. They drive me crazy. But I practice forgiveness over and over again all day long. And guess what? He has to practice forgiveness over and over again all day long because that is the nature of us. We are not perfect in our human selves. And we get to look at those imperfections and we get to look at our lives, the places where healing has taken place. So think back to the worst times of your life and think of the healings that took place. Once again, I use this story from um, Valerie Kaur, who is a Sikh, and her uncle was the first person shot in a hate crime after 9-11. He was wearing a turban. He was not Muslim. 
He was Sikh, completely different religion. And in the Sikh religion, the reason that they wear their turbans all the time is that in their belief, the turban is a sign to the whole world that they are a safe place. If you need help, find somebody with a turban. And he was shot right outside his own gas station. And a year later, when Valerie went back to her aunt to, um, to film her um, in her quest for, you know, finding, trying to find how to heal us, she asked her aunt, what do you most remember? from that time, I know you've had some healing. What do you most remember from that time, from immediately after the shooting? And her aunt said, what I most remember is the love. He was shot by someone who hated. And then this cards and letters and reporters and neighbors and friends and family came to shower them with love and say, it's, the whole world is not like that. We love you. We love you. Have you had that experience? Have you ever been showered with that much love? I'm sure she's not glad her husband has died so that she can be showered with that much love. But I tell you what, she learned what she was there to learn because she did not allow it to make her a hater. She kept her heart open in the pain and let the love in and therefore is able to give it out again. And that's all we're asking. <laughs> when you feel attacked, keep your heart open. Let yourself feel what it is and then transform it through love. That's self-forgiveness. That's forgiveness. And that is the way our lives have purpose and meaning. And the quote says, where an ancient hatred has become a present love. Guess what? The ancient hatred started way back with Adam and Eve. Right? I understand that's mythology. But the myths are there because they illustrate a truth. That at one time, there was a very short period of time, there was contentment. And then we started screwing it up. <laughs> we started thinking we were separate from God. And that's the, that is the, um, the metaphysics of the fruit of the tree of good and evil, of knowledge of good and evil. The fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We didn't even know that anything else could exist. There wasn't separation. We were with God all the time. And suddenly, through our own thinking, we went... Oh, this is good and that's bad. This is good and that's bad. This is good and that's bad. And then we started going, hey, that's bad. Ugh. Cain and Abel. And so on and so forth. Right? So, all, a all hatred is ancient. We accept the sins of the fathers. Guess what? We don't have to. We don't have to. What if we were willing to completely transform our way of thinking and seeing? And then finally I ask, what war are you engaged in? Where is your war? Because where you find your war inside 
is the only place that you can find your peace. So I'm going to share with you an epiphany that I had. I'm going to actually name a politician, which I don't usually do, but it's a teaching story. Um, during the very first part of the pandemic, I watched a press conference where President Trump was um, fielding questions from the press about the pandemic and, of course, was saying, you know, you, th this is not a big deal. It's going to be over soon. You know, don't worry. It's all all right. Don't, you know, it's nothing. It'll be over at the end, of the end of the month. You know, we'll all be back to normal. And a reporter raised his hand and said, Mr. President, what would you tell the people who are afraid, though, who are anxious? And he said, I'd say you're a bad reporter. Okay? Raise your hand if you have never done exactly that thing. Somebody told you something that you didn't want to hear, and your first reaction was, boom, rage. Suddenly, as I was driving in my car on my way to church one day, during the off coming into the office, I realized I have this rage reaction all the time. Something comes up, and it's like, that's not what I wanted, what I needed, what I expected. I didn't expect this traffic to stop right now. I've got places to be. I didn't expect them to change shifts while I'm standing in line. <laughs> right? I didn't expect that flight to be late. I didn't expect dog poo on the floor. I should have expected it, as you know. But I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. What's your response to that? Do you go, oh, it's just dog poo. I'll clean it up. Do you go, oh, it's just traffic. You know, I can spend this half hour med meditating in my car. What a peaceful time. <laughs> right? And I started weeping at this realization because I realized that I want Trump to change that in himself when I have not changed it in me. Right? I'm self-aware. I've been exposed to amazing teachings. I've been on a path of forgiveness for more than 30 years. For more than 40 years. <laughs> I had to think about the math there. And I haven't changed it in myself, so why am I? Is that why I get so enraged when I see it in him? Because I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what it is, and I don't like it in me. And so it makes me furious. Guess what? Trump is a human being. And God is in his face as in every other face. And until we can say that, until we can say that and be able to mean it at least to a certain extent, then we are not who we say we are. Heal it in you. There's a saying that gets used in 12-step all the time. If you spot it, you got it. If you're mad at somebody for something, find the place in you that's doing the same thing. Maybe not with the same outer results, but the same thing. Okay, dog poo on the floor? I don't get dog poo on the floor because I check my shoes if I come in from the backyard because I know what's in the backyard. But how many times do I walk through my day unconscious of what is happening around me? 
of what I'm stepping on. I have to heal it in myself. We have to heal it in ourselves. That's the only healing that there is. And we, we are the only ones who can bring heaven to earth. Not only can we do it, it's our job. Thank you.